Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assists from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took his in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, is mine? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year with the Stanley Cup champions! This podcast is all over social media, so follow us on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod, Instagram at Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. Also, the Facebook group, just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. And you can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. There's a podcast player right on the front page. If someone you know doesn't want to or know how to download a podcast app or even knows what a podcast is, just tell them to go to the website and hit play. Simple as that. Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vizana, and as always, my brother, Noel. Noel, how was your weekend? How you doing? Everything all right? Yeah. Loaded weekend, man. I told you that before. Whew. I'm glad it's over. Hell of a 100th episode, by the way, Matt. Good job on your hey, end. And, you too. Uh, it was fun. A lot of post-production work. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. A lot of post-production. but That was like piecing know. together uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, huh? Please. He ain't got shit on me. <laughs> Somebody uh, give me $80 million to yeah, finish right? that fucking yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Here you go. Take your reels. Piece them together. <laughs> 80 mil. <laughs> Big guest today. Are we ever going to do a show on our own anymore? Yeah, you know, just keep people it just going, knocking man. down the doors yeah. to come to be on the Beltway Sports Bros. Yeah, they're kicking doors in. We're having to turn people away. I know. Stephen A. Smith asked to be on the show. We said hell no. Sorry, no, we man. Get, we're booked. We got ice ass on the show. Yeah, bringing that back. Exactly. Italian Stephen A. Smith. If anybody was wondering, there's only room for one asshole in this room, buddy. <laughs> We got the voice of the Wizards, Justin Kutcher, coming on a few minutes. But yeah, so a lot of stuff this weekend. The tournament happened. Uh, an interesting Fitzpatrick story came out. Yeah. Justice League. Didn't leave the cave much this weekend. Not no, lie. I didn't, man. I was in front of the TV a lot. They, oh, and on top of that, they had uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I, I did not get to it yet. I'm not trying to geek out or anything on everybody and realize, hey, man, I know I sound cool on podcast and all, He's but not, I am. Trust I, me. I have a dorky side. I will admit it. Well, now it's it. kind of cool to be a dork or like a nerd. Like back in the day, you couldn't be a nerd. It was like, like, how awesome, man. Comic Con. Yeah. <laughs> now it's like cool and trendy to go to those things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and another thing, a little shout out. I know nobody gives a shit, but I'm going to say it anyway. We won our, our soccer game this weekend. Four to one. Congratulations. My little man, Ryan, scored a goal. It was great. So there you go. Little shout out for that, for the local. Way to go, Ryan. Man, that Justice League, going to that, it was good. It was long, but um, I think it was really worth the wait. It had a couple schmaltzy parts to it, but man, I will tell you, Mm -hmm. the part that really, I know it's dumb, but the Stefan Wolf change that they made, that armor that he had on was awesome. Something that small. Every time he was on, I wasn't even listening to what he was saying half the time. I was just looking at what the armor was doing, and it was like... 
yeah, yeah. Doing like every movement, it would spike out sometimes when he was ready to attack, and it was just all moving. Oh man, it was so cool. Didn't love his face though. His face was kind of weird. A lot better than the old one though. If you did a side by side with the old one from the from the original Justice League movie, but. A couple of parts. I like that they did the backstory with uh, Cyborg a little bit more. A lot more good. Cyborg. That was really good. A lot good. more. Yeah, I yeah. like that. I don't know why they felt the need every single time Wonder Woman was on that they needed to do her Amazonian music and do a slow-mo. We get it. You know, I am woman, hear me roar every single time. But they didn't really need to do it every... They didn't do Batman music every time he was on or Superman music every time he was on. But every time she was on, it was like... And then she'd come out and do her shit, you know, like my sword and shield and last. You're right. You're right. They did do that. That's kind of weird. But... There was just scenes that were, look, it was over four hours long, which was yeah. fine. I don't care. What else do I have to do? But I guess the thing when, when Bruce Wayne, and this was in the original movie too, when he went to go see Aquaman at the beginning, it was a beautiful scene, uh, you know, with the mountains and everything. But I felt like I was watching the National Geographic channel. Yeah. Cut some of that shit out. Oh so my unnecessary. God. And the singing Norwegians. What the hell that was that? That lasted like three minutes. <laughs> and then she, like, she, and then she holds the sweater. Like, God damn, she going to take that back and go to work at home. <laughs> I was like, yeah. good luck. It like, didn't, I, I was watching. I was like, what do they do? I mean, I guess it was like a tribute to him because to Aquaman because he brings yeah, him fish or whatever. He's like a demigod that brings him fish and, you know, they worship him. I get it. But they needed to do the whole song. There was a lot of just drawn out things, yeah, I guess, yeah. and unnecessary that could have been cut. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I really did. Um, and I liked the way they brought Superman back. I mean, a lot of that was kind of the same if anybody's seen the original, but, and I'm not going to spoil It was definitely anything. more dragged on, though, which in a good way, because he went yeah. to actually go talk to people. He didn't just, like, appear, you know, after right. he saw his mom or whatever. There was actual right. context and it was actual, to it. actual, you know, when they fought and, and had combat against Stefan Wolf, it was definitely more of a team effort versus yes. him coming in and just kicking the door in and kicking ass and being like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. So all around... Check it out. It was really good. Falcon Winter Soldier, Matt, definitely good. Definitely more Marvel-ish than WandaVision was, which was kind of a show and a slow, slow-paced thing. Extremely This slow. was like, boom, right off the freaking bat, pure Avengers-style Marvel stuff. Oh, there so was, you mean you were good. watching Disney Plus this weekend? Interesting. Interesting yeah, yeah. Works. It's it's, huh. it's a decent network. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's pretty good. Especially when you get it for free. You know, it's not bad. How's HBO Max going for you? Pretty good? It's, it's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, not yeah, bad. Pretty good. Uh, it's, you, you don't have <laughs> Monsters Inc. and every other Disney show that I have to sift through in order to get to one show that I watch a month. Well, you watch it once a week, okay. but I hope you enjoy it, and that's yeah. the most important thing. You know. Good. And in other news, I guess mm-hmm. that I squeezed in this four hours of Justice League, I have found this little article. Already, the things start coming in. The fun things with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't what know. What a kooky guy! What Such a, kook, a what a crazy dude! What a <laughs> that beard and that fun and that that crazy Irishman. Yeah. yeah. So a funny story about Fitzpatrick. Uh, he was on this podcast. I guess Ross Tucker. Yeah, former Redskin. Former Redskin. Yes, and he was telling this story about how he proposed to his wife. Well, I guess they had their first mutual account was a Gap card. Okay, mm. that was their first joint account that they had, big time. Oh, joint account, gotcha. Joint okay. account, yeah. And uh, she purchased a coat, and he decided to use the card to purchase her ring to propose to her. Well, she saw a double charge on there. I don't know 
how cheap the ring was or how expensive the coat were to say that she thought she was double charged. Was it a $10,000 coat at Gap (laughs) or wherever the hell she bought it? But anyway, as he purchases the thing, she realizes there's a charge on there. She doesn't know what it is. So before she could contact the credit card company, he says, I've got to propose to her really fast and get this out before she figures it out. So as they're driving home, he says, hey, why don't we, you know, go out for a nice steak dinner by the lake? And uh, I think this is when he was with the Rams. And she says, no, you know, it's cold outside. It's November. I I just want to go home. He says, all right, why don't we just stop and get some McDonald's? (laughs) They go to McDonald's. And as she's sitting there, I guess, eating her nuggets or whatever the hell she's doing, he decides to propose to her in a McDonald's. It's not like a hilarious. I mean, it's just. It's so Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's so you Ryan. Know? <laughs> so, so, so Fitzy. But apparently she was very receptive to it. I guess she, you know, maybe she's she knew or. About she to marry an NFL football player. I'd be receptive absolutely. to it too. Hell, man. He could propose to me in a damn sewer <laughs> for all I care. But yeah. Well, he yeah. pretty much did, you know. So um, <laughs> it's, it just is clean. <laughs> That's just Ryan being Ryan. It's Ryan being Ryan. Uh, how's your bracket looking? Oh, Doing all right? Obliterated. I mean, I yeah. think everybody's is. I still have my winner. I mean, I still have Gonzaga as winning the whole thing. So that's good. Gosh, man. Hey, when you have a bracket, if there's like major upsets, you're okay with it because most people lost them. It's just a matter of how far you have that team going. You know, right. for example, the Oral Roberts, Ohio State upset, the 215 game. Man, what a game. What a game. Mm -hmm. Goes into overtime. You figure Oral Roberts is, okay, once it goes to overtime, the higher seed is going to win. You just assume that they've righted the ship and they're going to get it. And Oral Roberts, man, they kept fighting. And then on top of that, they beat Florida in the next game. So crazy. The first 15 to make it since Florida Gulf Coast. Remember that team? I do. You know they have a uh, Lazy River on their campus. Did you know that? That's awesome. So awesome. I'm not surprised by that. I don't know why. All around their campus. Pure Florida. That's pure Florida. Only (laughs) Only in Florida. Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Only in Florida would they do something like that. But yeah, man, there's been some fun ones. I'm really happy. I didn't pick them over Illinois. I picked Illinois to make the final. But, you know, part of me wanted Loyola Chicago to win that game. I like that team. I always have. You know, they have the little old lady, the little nun, you know, mm-hmm. nun June. I mean, she's 101. They, Can't allowed, they, they shipped her ass out they over there. They shipped her ass out there. She got yeah. vaccinated the whole thing just to have her out there. I mean, God knows if she'll make it to the next time. So good for her. You know, I yeah. love the little old lady going out there rooting for her team. They give her like a little rub on the head like they do a testudo <laughs> during exam time. Speaking of testudo, uh, what do you think about that game? Oh, man. Just UConn just doesn't... I'm fine. You know, (laughs) I knew that they were going to lose the game when it started. UConn was out-rebounding the shit out of them, but they couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. Maryland has no size. Yeah, no. I mean, but... I mean, they had like 15 offensive rebounds in the first half. Still were down. I mean, they just couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. Uh, Maryland's defense was great. As of this recording, I mean, Maryland will be playing Alabama. We don't know what the result is there, but Alabama's got a hell of a team. They can run with anybody. But more so for me, I love upsets. It fucks up my bracket, but I love them. I mean, you even got Ohio University that beat Virginia. Virginia. I called that game. Did you? Well, Mm -hmm. Ryan actually called when UMBC beat him. So uh, (laughs) he was mad at himself that he didn't pick Ohio over Virginia this time. He went with Virginia, and so did I, and that that totally butchered it. 
I'm really surprised by the Colorado kicking the shit out of Georgetown game. Yeah, there was no shot for Georgetown on that one. Yeah. And what about VCU? Didn't even get out of the gate. Yeah, that poor team, man. That's <laughs> I always sucked. like VCU. Me too, man. That sucks. I always root for them nice every campus time. Nice campus, too. It is. Visiting it is. Uh, training camp. It is nice. And I've been there a few times. Me Good too. Times, so. Me too. I've yeah. been there. I felt really bad for them. That sucked. That's a bad beat, man. They had four replacement teams just in case something like that happened, mm. but they weren't allowed in once the tournament officially started. Uh, so those four teams were like, oh, come on, somebody get COVID. Somebody get <laughs> COVID. VCU gets it, but it was too little too late. And then Oregon got a pass, and then Oregon beat Iowa. The fresh Oregon team, go Ducks. They beat Iowa. Fucked up my bracket on that one too. Big Ten has been garbage. Big Ten has been absolute garbage, yeah. yeah. Well, they beat the shit out of each other during the regular season. Yeah, yeah but I mean, now, now all they've got is Michigan and Maryland left as of right now. So, I mean, out of nine teams. Well, at least my championship game's still intact. So I got that. Gonzaga and Baylor. Okay. Holding on. Holding on there. That was a really good game against Wisconsin. Baylor looks really good. I mean, they, their guards are, are great. They run up and down the court. They're a really fun team to watch. Um, it should be a good game. Uh I'm venturing to say they're probably going to, in the Sweet 16, they're going to kick the shit out of Villanova. So, yeah, I had Baylor going to the Final Four. I've got three of my Final Four teams left, Gonzaga, FSU, and Baylor. Illinois is obviously out because I had them in the Final, but it's been a fun tournament. And But I think a lot of people's brackets are busted. And, you know, B- if you BYU had, ruined me. How far did you have them go? I actually had them go to the Final Four. BYU? Yeah. Damn. Okay. Beating Michigan in the Elite Eight. Well, huh. that was like one of those. Let's pick a little bit of a lower seed because yeah, you don't I didn't want to go like one, one, it. and one. You know, but I, yeah. I always like BYU. Those teams that can shoot typically do pretty well, at least for a while in the tournament. And I thought maybe they'd. Uh, I think know, they're happy right when they lose because they have to like redo the schedule for them because they don't play on Sundays. That's true. <laughs> it's true. If BYU made it to the Sweet Sixteen, they were going to have to like figure out shit. They always do. And the refs are against them. Yeah. So they're like, hell with it. Let's just get this crap out of here. We don't got time for all this. We're already rescheduling this whole damn thing anyway. Right. I mean, well, you got to do it one more time. So it's been a really fun tournament, though. And I think a lot of the I don't know if these teams were ranked properly just because of the lack of regular season. It's difficult to do it anyway. But let alone when teams are playing 10 or 12 games, you know, how the hell are you supposed to rank them? Yeah. I think that's why it's even crazier than normal. Absolutely. Uh, familiarity with the teams. You have situations where either you ranked a team too high or had teams just a, a little bit tad too low. Loyola, for example, Loyola Chicago probably should have been maybe a little bit higher than an eight seed to play Illinois right off the bat in the second round. Not mm-hmm. saying Illinois shouldn't have won that game regardless, but kind of puts them behind the eight ball right off the bat that they're probably playing a team that probably should have been a six seed, right? something like that. So there's been quite a few scenarios of that. You know, probably Syracuse shouldn't have been ranked as low, you know, as an 11. Certain things like that are like the playing games and stuff. But for the most part, college basketball over the years has had a lot more parity anyway. And yeah. you got the three ball, that'll cure what ails you. Indeed. Well, it's been a fun tournament, and um, next time we'll see what happened with Maryland. Yeah, yeah. Now well, you have one team. You have one yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. Now I have one. Now I'm not torn. I'll just continue <laughs> on. Business as usual. One's out, one's in. You know, I don't have to worry about one side of the bracket or the other. It's mm-hmm. heart's in the right place now, Matt. Yeah, all is right in the world. <laughs> all right, well, after the break, stay tuned for Wizards announcer, voice of the Wizards, Justin Kutcher. And uh, see you on the other side. Empire. 
All right, so we're very excited to have our next guest on. He's the voice of the Washington Wizards, which broadcasts on NBC Sports Washington, of course. Mr. Justin Kutcher, how are you doing, sir? Doing great. How are you guys doing? Good, doing great. good. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Big Wizards fans, got to come on for that. So few of us left. You, know? so. <laughs> uh, you, don't no know, you don't know who you are anymore. You know, you can't go to the games. You don't see who's out there. Misery is company, you know, and right now I, I don't have any except for my brother. You know, so. <laughs> we definitely are, are miserable together. Well, thanks for making some time for us today. We really appreciate it. On your day off, which I know you don't get many of those, so especially this season, which you guys seem to have a game like every day it's like baseball season for you guys honestly it's it's basically going every other day uh yeah let's see friday and saturday of this past week those were our only back-to-back days off for the second half of the season so now we'll go every day or every other day until may 16th um but i'm not complaining i I, i'm just happy to be doing games and 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 working and i love what i do and i could fit in some golf around it so it all works out especially with that COVID mess, the, the two weeks off, and then you got to load all that in. So yeah. you guys are doing great. You and Jerome. Thank you. Appreciate that. Just so you know, I've actually met Drew Gooden before at a Firehouse Subs. I don't know if you knew really? that. Really? I'm, I'm I surprised he didn't tell you. No, you know, I should have told him I was doing this show, and he would have been like, oh, my God, for real? I love those The guys. Firehouse Subs guy. Yeah. yeah. It, it was funny. It was actually when him and, uh, him and Gortat were in there. It was the, the two largest human beings I've ever seen in real life. It was when Drew Gooden just signed with the Wizards when he was like shooting three pointers at a yep. at a gym somewhere, mm-hmm. and they picked him up right before that playoff run. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was it was quite shocking to say the least. But they were very that nice, was, very cordial. What I'll say is that was the ten day contract that he signed that turned into a lifetime contract. Yeah, he's going to be hopefully announcing uh, Phil Chenier, you know, years. Yeah, right? that'd be that'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, first I wanted to ask you as far as uh, Ben Simmons, you know, how's how's everything going? You guys made up yet? Everything okay there? <laughs> everything is fine. Um, honestly, I, I I liked his response. Um, I thought it was awesome. And and I I didn't mean any ill will towards him. Um, it was more just a conversation piece for Drew and I to have late in a game when the game is out of hand. And I, I truly never intended for it to get the response that it got. And frankly, I, I'm sorry for that. Um, yeah. I'm sorry that it, that it created such a, a firestorm that, that never, that never was what I was hoping for. Um, if anybody follows me on social media or whatever, they know I'm not out there trying to get attention and try to get followers. So um, it turned into something I, I did not want it to. And uh, for that, I'm, I'm truly sorry. Oh no. Hey, you know, we thought it was great. I thought it was it great. Was, so, you know, no need to apologize. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I, I remember watching the game and you all were just kind of going back and forth. And I don't know if that's the first time because he's a, a bigger fan of Ben Simmons than you are. Drew is. And so you all were kind of had a couple back and forth. And, but that last one, I was like, oh, I, I don't know. He might That might catch his ear. That might catch his ear a little bit. But I, was, I thought it was I was more I offended was because he was basically saying that the Wizards, it was a shot more at the Wizards. He's like, oh, he's just an announcer for the Wizards. Like the bottom tier team that you could, yeah, you know, it was give like, me a break. what an Wizards asshole. Are, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I honestly, no, I know. And, 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 um, you know, I thought, I thought him uh, trying to have some fun with me was cool. Yeah, um, yeah that was awesome. Honestly. I yeah, thought yeah. I love the picture he took. Um, it's one of my <laughs> favorites. Um, so I, I thought, you know, if, if we could have some fun with it, you know, I, I joked around about the next time I go to Philly, I'll either wear a Santa Claus outfit or a Ben Simmons jersey. There um, you go. Yeah. 
but make sure you have your batteries with you just in case. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to the Wiz, we're going to obviously talk about them, but there's been a bad taste in fans' mouths over over the Steve Buckant situation. I know this is a couple years ago, but I, we've never talked, so I wanted to talk about it. You know, sure. Obviously, wasn't resigned. No, no fault of your own. I mean, you just, mm-hmm. you know, you were just the next guy in line. Anybody who taken the job, right? There was a lot of backlash against you. It seemed like, right? And I don't really understand why. I mean, you're in our intro for God's sakes. You know, we've. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that or not. Yeah, speaking of, you haven't said konnichiwa in a while. <laughs> it was a few weeks ago. <laughs> I'll get it in there. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Love that. But, you know, big shoes to fill for Steve Buckants. I mean, do you feel like things are starting to kind of level out a little bit with the fan support? Or do you feel like there's still something going on there? Because, I don't know, I've I've liked you since day one. I'm not just saying that because you're on the show. Well, I mean, I appreciate that. Um, you know, it's it's weird because uh, I I did not see all the the blowback on social media. Um, Really, I didn't get back into tweeting or anything until the pandemic hit. Um, But it's not too often I go and search my name because when you search your name, it's very rare that good things come up. Um, So, (laughs) especially when I, yeah, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) not Noel. Okay. No. Yeah. yeah, Right. (laughs) Um, But but when I got the job, I knew it was going to be, you know, the blowback and, and this and that. I expected it. And it's what I said in the first interview. I mean, if I if it were my team and I had a guy for 21 years and all of a sudden he's gone, I'd be pissed, too. You yeah. know, it's it's what you're it's the voice you're used to. You're so accustomed to that. You know, when I would go do games with Fox and I'd come in for the national game, whether it was MLB or or basketball you know, everyone's like, oh, you suck. You suck. We want our guys. Well, yeah, it's because you're used to hearing your own guys. And what I've said this entire time is that hopefully over time, people think that Drew and I do a really good job and they tune in. They're like, you know what? These guys are fun. And hopefully we have a run like Phil Chenier and Steve Buckhans. And all of a sudden it's people saying like, oh, man, Kutcher and good and that's that those are our guys and and that's all that we can control um i i can't go out there and try to call a game um to be like steve buckhans uh i think i i'm actually kind of um lucky in the sense that i didn't grow up here in dc so i didn't grow up listening to him um so there's nothing that i do that i'm trying to to be like him um or try to replace him um, that's never been my mindset. My mindset has always just a bit, just to come in and, and call, call a wizards game. And I know people were wondering, you know, would I really have an allegiance towards the team? I promise you guys, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I I'm up and down with this team. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm the biggest cheerleader they can have. I want to see them do well. And when they lose and they lose a tough game, it, it takes its toll on me. I've got more gray hair now than I did before I took the job. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> for me, I mean, for me, I'm still getting used to the Westbrook situation. I, I'm, Matt is a little bit, was more happy about the trade with Westbrook. For me, with the wall thing, it's kind of the same with the announcer situation. Not as much, but just getting used to that new player coming in. You're, you see wall every day. He's in, he's in the community and things like that. And it was a little heartbreaking. I'll be honest with you. I didn't think that I would take it as hard as I did 
that he was traded. No cry. And it was sad. I wept. <laughs> yeah, he wept. First time I didn't even weep when uh, you know family members, anything else. But when Wall <laughs> left, that was number one family member there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what though? That honestly, like, that's a great thing because it just goes to show how passionate you are and the relationships that that fans can form with players. And that's why I think sports are great is because you do have that allegiance because you do feel like they become part of your family. And uh, no matter how old or young you are, you know, it's the same thing. And, and I love that, you know, for me, I, I said it was a trade that you have to do. And it's, you go back at the time of the deal, 100 times out of 100 times, I make that trade. Wall is coming off two years, having not played, even though I said last year, watching him in, in practice, I'm like, this guy's going to be a comeback player of the year. He may be an all-star next year. Like that's how much confidence I had in John, but with Russ, he was coming off a bad year and he was third team all NBA. Um, and I think what happened for Russ is he got off to the slow start and we're all like, Whoa, where's, where's was this Russell Westbrook? It was shocking. Right. Yeah. And we didn't know about the injury. And so now all of a sudden the Russell Westbrook who can fly past people and fly over people He's starting to show up and he's essentially averaging a triple double again, which is mind blowing. I mean, he makes it look easy. So, so I, I, th I still think it's the right move. I understand how it could be tough. Um, and frankly, I respect that. I love that about the fans that they do take it hard. Well, going to the team now, and now that Westbrook is in house, we have, I don't know what, 31 games left. Where do you see this team with the remaining schedule they have? At the end of the year, do you think they're going to hover wrap out where they are right now? you think they'll make a push for the playoffs? Where do you see them right now as they're playing just right after, I guess, the Nets game? I mean, they looked great against right. the Jazz, then they lose against the Nets. You just don't know where this team's at. Well, they look pretty they, good against the Nets. You know? they, they, did. Did. they did. They played defense against the Nets. I mean, there they were did. three quarters. They held them to 25 points each. It was the second quarter that, that crushed them. And really, what hurt them was points off turnovers. They, they had so many turnovers, yeah. and the Nets capitalized. Um, but... I see this team fighting for that play in spot. That's what I see. And, you know, I, I write, I do my board every night for a game and I always put notes next to players and, and next to Scott Brooks, what I have written is looking for consistency. He's looking for a consistent effort from mm -hmm. his guys. And I don't think this team needs to shoot the three point ball. Uh, frankly, they play better when they don't shoot it well. Um, I think we have a stat that when they make seven or less threes, they have like a ridiculous record. They need to get to the free throw line and play defense. And if they do that, they win. Um, so where do I see this team? If they can get consistent, then I could see them making a push for that eight seed. If, if they keep on going up and down, I, I see it closer to being just a fight to get to that 10 spot. Well, yeah, you may have a chance to call some playoff games. We're all hoping, at least. But, yeah. you know, at, yeah, at least round one. A couple, at a least. A couple, at least. Um, <laughs> with that being said, you know, the, the how the roster's right now looking for consistency. Obviously, there's some holes in the roster. Do you see them at the trade deadline? It's coming up, being buyers, sellers, and kind of a two-parter. What do you see the team doing, but what would you do? It's so tough. Um, you know, I think for, for Tommy Shepard, I have a lot of faith in Tommy. Um, I think he's made some moves, kind of under the radar moves, gotten into trades uh, that have helped the team a lot. 
when people thought they were, you know, insignificant. I, I could see something like that where he maybe trades a couple of guys, whether it's for a piece or for second round picks, that kind of thing. Um, I don't see us making a big splash. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see that happening. Um, so I, I just don't, I don't know where you're going to make the moves where you are with the salary cap, um, where you are with no fans in the stands. I mean, the only thing that I'm going to say is that you want to try to capitalize over these next two to three years of what Bradley Beal has turned himself into. And he has turned himself into a top echelon player. I mean, he is, he is right there with the top, I would say 10 guys in the league. That's how good he is watching him night in night out the way that he can score the ball. um, It's, it's remarkable. So he and he and Westbrook, what you've seen the last two games is that Beal doesn't have to do it all for all 48. Westbrook can start it. Beal can finish it. They can do it together, this and that. Um, they just need they need the consistency. I mean, you know, whether like Rui Hachimura, the way he's played the last five games, you need that from Rui. Night in, night out. You need him getting eight, nine rebounds a game. Um I think you and need, they need to feed him a little bit more too. Like they've he's yeah, shown yeah. that he can actually play at that level. He just mm-hmm. sometimes becomes like a bystander, you know, watching Wall and Be- uh, Wall, watching uh, Westbrook, Westbrook and Bill do their Beal. thing, you know. And that's that's the the biggest thing to be honest is is when you look at Hachimura, when you look at Denny Avdia, um, these guys aren't spot up three point shooters. So I I, I think and it's it's tough because of the, of the limited practice time. But figuring out how, if you're Rui, you can get to your post-up position or your mid-range position. If you're Denny, how can you move without the ball so you're not just a spot-up three-point shooter? And he's got to stop can, shooting threes like immediately. I mean, he's gone through a really tough time shooting yeah. threes, but he also is not attacking the hoop. And Denny's right, good. Like Somebody was asking me the other night who I'd compare him to, like his upside. And I was thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. And the guy that I came up with was Tony Kukoc. Kukoc, he wasn't your primary ball handler, but he could handle the ball. And he was he could find other guys. He could make the shots. That's what I think Denny can do. I think Denny has that in him. Um, but he just hasn't gotten to that comfort level yet. And Garrison Matthews. I mean, I think Garrison makes an impact on the game even without scoring. Um, but I think he can still get more shots. Well, do you think that them, for example, playing Lopez on a regular basis, uh, going to Lopez versus Wagner and these younger guys, this is still an up-and-coming team. I know that they want to put those pieces around Beal, um, but you did draft Denny. You've still got a young guy in Rui. you still got Wagner, who has had some phenomenal games, and then all of a sudden he just goes MIA for five games. For me... It's kind of like the Mahinmi situation last year. You're stunting the growth of the younger players to develop those guys in that three-year process for Beal, um, where Lopez really isn't is there as a role player, but he's really not going to be a catalyst to make this team a better team down the road. Yeah, I think um, from watching the games so far this year, uh, when you have three guys at one position, whether it's three guys at point guard with Ishmith. Paul Neto, Russell Westbrook, or three guys at the center position in Mo, uh, Lopez, Alex Lennon, and before that, Thomas Bryant. 
we haven't seen an easy rotation with those three guys. Um, I know that the team really loves what Lopez gives. I think what you're going to end up seeing, and, and Scott Brooks has said this, we're, we're going to need the entire roster to get through this second half because it's such a compact schedule. I think what you might see, and, and I even brought it up, I think it was last night during the game, I had mentioned Mo getting in to try to, I was thinking combat Claxton because Claxton is, is yeah. more of a leaper, whereas Robin Lopez is not a leaper. And I think what you're going to end up seeing is a situational type coaching. So Wagner may not play for four games, but all of a sudden there's a better matchup for Mo Wagner than it is for Lopez or it's Mo and Len or it's Lopez and Len. And I think there's just going to be that type of, of situation where it's a game by game. And, and frankly, I, I hope that is the case because um, I think you need to be able to figure out what's the best matchup for your team against the opponent that night. I totally agree with you there. And I've been saying that as far as matchups, I mean, you don't have like Thomas Bryan isn't there. You don't have a, a true starting center at this point, And you have three, basically what I would consider role-playing centers that are matchup bound. I mean, if you have Julius Randall, that's bombing threes, Lopez probably isn't your best matchup for him. You put Wagner on him or put a guy that can move laterally and things like that. Or, or when Vujovic, I think it's more against example, like Nerland's Nerland's Noel. Nerland's right? exactly. So, so Nerland's yeah, Noel, right. that's probably not a great matchup for Lopez unless right. Lopez offensively can get his body into him and cause him to, to commit a foul. Um, but otherwise, Nerland's Noel is not going to be an offensive threat but he's a defensive threat and he can get a, a, a follow dunk and this and that. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see, you know, who gets time and all the time uh, tomorrow and also on Thursday. And honestly, like I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, Lopez play 14 minutes a game, Len play, you know, 18 minutes a game, you know, 12 minutes, you know, sure. for, for Wagner and, and just figure out what is the best rotation what's the best matchup that day, that night, and roll with it. I feel like they were doing that with the guards for a period of time, especially when Ish was there. They were mixing and matching, trying to figure that out. And obviously, by Ish being out, you had to kind of narrow down the rotation, and now they're kind of thin at guard. But for the most part, I feel like they're kind of stuck in this Lopez mode of going with that and then periodically sprinkling in Len, putting him in the starting lineup, and Wagner's kind of just become a cheerleader on the bench. I think every time he's been in there, he's shown the ability to do things. Sometimes he gets in foul trouble. Sometimes he's a little bit sloppy at times. But I don't think he's any worse for wear than the other two. Well, And and he's also brings up the intensity of the rest of the team defensively. He's going after loose balls, just like Harrison Matthews. Rumor has it that Beal pushed to have Wagner and Matthews start. That's the word on the street. You can tell me if that's true or not. I don't know, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> if that is true, he saw the importance of having guys that are busting their ass out there, even if they aren't scoring, but you know, doing the little things that don't show up on the stat sheet. And you know, Noel and I are big Wagner fans, and they won five straight with him and Matthews starting. I'm not saying that that would have gone on forever. Obviously, it didn't. They lost a couple games and all that, but... At the same time, if it's not broke, why are you trying to fix it? And I, and I feel like Brooks kind of fixes things sometimes that don't need to be fixed. Well, I will say this. I, I will say as far as the lineup is concerned, um, the reason for the change was they had to start off games better. They were they were falling behind early. They needed some energy early. And so you went to Mo and you went to Garrison. 
Um, and then, you know, they went eight and three that went against the Clippers to close out, you know, the, the first half, that was a huge win. But when you came out for the second half, I had even uh, said to, to Drew and to our producer, I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lineup change. Um, I just kind of had a feeling that that lineup had run its course um, and there needed to be a change. I don't know if guys had become complacent, but the starts in the first quarter, they were getting yeah. worse. And so you had to do something. And um, I do think Mo Wagner should get time. Mm-hmm. And I think Wagner could be that, that guy to bring that spark off the bench, you know, in four minute spurts. And maybe that's all they need him for. And, and maybe in those four minutes, he goes, he goes hard. He, he, he draws a couple of charges. He gets a steal. He, he invigorates the team and they go on a run and it gives a chance for Len and it gives a chance for Lopez to catch a breath. Um, so I wasn't surprised to see the change. Um, I wasn't even, I wouldn't even be surprised. And this is just me thinking, I asked Drew last night, do you keep Garrison in the starting lineup? And the reason why I said that is I love Garrison Matthews. I, I mean, I've been a proponent of his since last year, but without Davis Bertans, Garrison Matthews is your best shooter. Mm-hmm. So do you want Matthews now coming off the bench to provide some offense and be a more featured shooter and start potentially a Denny Avdia or start potentially a Troy Brown Jr. at that three position and then go to those guys off the bench? That's just kind of food for thought um, where my mind kind of goes. And and I don't know, but I, I would not be surprised or upset if, if Scott Brooks decides to make a change because, look, we all know these games aren't getting any easier. Um, they just went through the gauntlet. That was a huge win against Utah, but – it's tough when you start off the season 0-5 and, and then start the second half of the season 0-5. I get that people go through losing streaks, but you're playing catch-up all the time. And right. that's what I think was was so tough earlier this year is that we all had these big expectations. We thought, okay, this team should be a playoff team. And when you start 0-5, now you essentially have to win five in a row just to get back to 500. Um, yeah. And and so you, you you dug yourself a hole that you're trying to get out of the the rest of the year. Are they going to trade Bertans? Truthfully, I don't know. Um, I really don't. Uh, people people have said that Bertans you know can't be traded. I disagree. I think Bertans has value, but I think he's got value for this team as well. And um, I, I think what happened with Davis Bertans this year uh, is unfortunate because I think Davis is an unbelievable shooter unbelievable shooter but the problem is and drew said this on the air when you're a free agent your agent tells you do not touch a basketball until you sign that contract and usually that goes let's say you're on a team that finishes without making the playoffs so your season ends april 15th you're going to sign a contract july 1st now you have all of july all of august all of september to get yourself in shape before camp starts Davis went from March 10th until essentially December 1st without playing five on five. So to play catch up now, it, it it's so hard for him to get back to it. So I think Davis ultimately when this season is over, he's going to be 42, 
you just hope it's not too late. Yeah, we're still waiting. Well, I mean, we were joking around that the guy was with COVID and everything else sitting in Latvia. I don't know what they have, what, latkes or whatever the hell they eat over there. <laughs> no, that's Israel. Oh, uh, uh, there, <laughs> there you go. Latkes. That, um, yeah, sorry. That it was just a perfect storm for him to try to work his way back into the lineup. And I feel that, yes, his shot wasn't there, but at least in the last month or so, he's been doing some of the little things, making cuts, grabbing some boards, playing better defensively, a better matchup where at the beginning of the season, his lateral movement was virtually non-existent. One thing I will say, though, is which versus last season versus this season is I think that he's forcing shots more which I don't think they're running a lot more sets for him than they did before coming off picks, coming off wraps. He just kind of doesn't know when his volume is going to be there. He can go take a shot and then you don't see him for another eight minutes. And he primarily was going to be the third best option on this team as far as scoring. And when you're taking five shots in a game and all of them are three-pointers and three of them are fadeaway threes or ones from the logo – you're, you're expecting a lot from a guy that's probably not even in game shape yet. Yeah, I, I again, I think Davis Bertans is one of the best shooters in the NBA. It's the reason why he got the money he got. Um, I, I, I don't think they're going to trade him, but I can't speak that I have knowledge of this. Uh, I, the reason why they signed him was because they thought they were going to have John Wall and John pushing it and then finding him. Well, now you've got Russell Westbrook pushing it with Bradley Beal, hoping that Davis Bertans is open for the three. Um, you know, now he's got the calf strain, so he's going to be set back again. But it, I still think if this team is going to win, it's not going to be with a three-point shot. It's going to be with defense and attacking the hoop and getting to the free throw line. Going to something else I've been noticing as far as the Wizards and the Capitals putting in, and you kind of talked about a little bit off the air uh, with the Wizards putting in a request for fans, I think approximately 2,000 fans. We saw some at the Nets game yesterday. It was honestly, it was funny because one of the fans grabbed the ball and had to, yeah. sani- they had to sanitize the ball. He did a little dribble between his legs too. It was kind of nice. He had a good handle, yeah. Yeah. So if New York of all places – which was in higher lockdown than anybody except for California, they're getting fans. What is the holdup with Washington? Is it a vaccination issue? Is it a mask issue? Is it a, how do you feel? And have they talked to you about any protocols and why they're not allowing fans in there? It's above my pay grade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, honestly, I don't, I don't pay much attention to it because um, I can't control it. Nothing that I say or do is going to impact it one way or the other. Uh, I can't wait for the day that we have fans back in the stands. Um, you know, look, it's I love doing the games that we do, and I'm incredibly lucky that we get the chance to do them. But I miss having fans there, and um, and I, and I can't wait for them to come back. And I I know the Leonces family can't wait for for them to come back, and all the players um, they want them there. We all want them there, and whether it's going to be, you know, in, in April or May or or next. October. Um, we want the fans there and we hope to have them there whenever they do come. Hey man, they could shoot me up tomorrow. <laughs> I'll be in there tomorrow. You know, as long as, 
you know, whatever their protocols they that need. That might be a problem. Know. We'll be in New York tomorrow, but you can come to D.C. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I got, I got mine. I got my first shot. Yeah, there, okay. there you go. Good, good. Nice. Good. 25th is my second. Seems like he's lost a few IQ points over the last week, though, so there might be something to it. Some yeah. People uh, better be careful. Third eyes, you know. <laughs> God only knows. One last question. How's your bracket looking? Busted. Uh, miserable. <laughs> Can't be worse than Knowles. He has Illinois winning oh the whole thing. Oh, my God. Well, no, I, I still have Gonzaga winning the whole thing, but I did have Ohio State and I did have Illinois in the Final Four, um, so did that kind of hurt. But I'll I'll be honest with you. Um, usually, I've done a college ton, a ton of college basketball every year. Uh, I watch a ton of college basketball. The sport that I think got hit the hardest from COVID was college basketball um, because there was no rhythm to the season not having fans in the stands, it felt weird. With that said, having March Madness on right now, what they have done in Indianapolis, it feels like March Madness. I mean, they've done a great job and uh, I've loved watching it. I don't think I left my my couch Me on either. Friday or on yeah. Saturday. Um, and, and I love the fact that we had it. So I don't really care about my brackets. I just want to see good games. I love seeing upsets, um, especially because you know, in a year that's been so crazy, we should have the madness be true madness. Well, Justin, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thank you. Uh, we won't call you JK. I know that's, that's, uh, Oh, you, know, you can't. Right? Oh man, we, we've moved up. <laughs> you can call me JK. You can call me Kutch, whatever. Yeah. All right. Oh man. We got nicknames now. So cool. many to choose from here. You can call me Noel if you want. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you can follow Justin on Twitter at Justin. Sorry, I almost did it. Okay. You can follow Justin on Twitter at, just, at Justin Kutcher and yeah. catch him calling the game against the Knicks tonight at 7.30 on NBC Sports Washington. Thanks again, man. We really appreciate it. We should do this again sometime. And hey, if you ever need a fill-in for Drew, we're there for you. I know Karan's usually the backup, but we'll... Uh, oh, he's, he's coaching, coach now. He's coaching right, in he's Miami coach. now, so yeah. 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 So, to so you, so you don't that. have a backup, so, you know... We'll... As long as you bring some firehouse subs, we should be okay. Oh, <laughs> I know go. a place. I know a place. Right. <laughs> thanks, All man. Right, appreciate thanks. it. Have thanks, a good one. Thanks, guys. All appreciate right. you. All right. Thanks again to Justin Kutcher for coming on. Great guest. Hope to have him on again soon. That's going to do it for this episode. We're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like the show, please share it on social media. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook group, and our website, BeltwaySportsBros.com. Thanks again for joining us, and we will see you on Friday.